today we are starting a brand new series that's going to kick off the summer, and uh, it's, a, it's a series I'm really excited about, uh, probably mostly because I am a social butterfly. I have a lot of friends. I enjoy making friends very quickly, and so this series is all about our friends, and it's uh, going to take a look into uh, the different kinds of friends that uh, are important to have and different characteristics, both uh, really involved and some friendships that are maybe a little bit more shallow, but all that play an important role in our lives. And so each week we're going to go through kind of a different Bible character that exudes this characteristic and take a look at how that plays out in your life. So as we're going through this series through the summer uh, and every Sunday you come, just kind of be thinking about who in your life, uh, who is a friend, kind of resembles that for you and um, exudes or plays that role in your life. And so uh, we live in a really complex world and a world that uh, is, as we get older in it, is only getting uh, more complex, not less complex. And so we think that um, and the Bible teaches that uh, the more of these relationships that we have that uh, play these roles and the more diverse these uh, different relationships are, uh, the better we are for it and the better uh, kind of a worldview we have and the uh, more success, I guess you could say, we uh, experience in this world. So as we go through this series, uh, it's not necessarily one friend that is uh, taking over these 10 or 11 characteristics, but it's a multitude of different friends that uh, maybe look different. Maybe if you got all 11 in the same room, they wouldn't even get along together. But um, as we go through this series, we all have different relationships and we all have different people in our lives who um, definitely fill uh, areas in our life that help uh, move us forward and uh, help form us to be who we're created to be, and um, just better people that uh, benefit others. That's the second part to this series, is you have people in your life that play these roles for you, but it's a two-way street, and there are roles that you play in other people's lives, uh, so you might be or be able to identify with one of these characters uh, on these coming weeks of, oh yeah, I'm this person to uh, one of my friends, and I'm this person to another one of my friends, and maybe you play that same role for multiple friends, but also be thinking about not just who plays it in your life, but am I playing this role in somebody else's life? And so uh, as we go through this series, it's a, really a two-way street where it's not just, okay, all of my friends are making my life better, but it's also I'm a friend to somebody else, and I am making their life better by playing this role in their life. So that's the summer series that we're going through. Today we are starting with a character in the Bible named Barnabas, and Barnabas was an encourager. And so today we're starting with uh, encouragement and who in your life encourages you and who are you, whose life are you in that encourages others. And so uh, I wanted to start with a story uh, in my life of someone who uh, encouraged me at a really kind of uh, critical time in my life, uh, kind of a, a critical time in the sense of transition. Um, I would be uh, 
regret, I would regret not starting by saying there have been lots of people in my life who have encouraged me. I grew up in a very encouraging household. Uh, my parents uh, really encouraged me to do a lot of different things, and they supported me in the things that I was interested in doing and the things that I wanted to pursue. Uh, I have a grandpa who, uh, to this day, still emails me way too frequently for me to get back to him with uh, asking me uh, how we can be praying for me and uh, updating him with prayer requests and things that are going on in my life. I have a wife who uh, regularly and on the daily encourages me, uh, and there's lots of people in my life to this day that encourage me and who have encouraged me. I'm going to take one person uh, and talk to you about them today. They uh, aren't necessarily, they don't, this person wouldn't resemble Barnabas in every sense of the way. I, I don't think this character uh, would get a story in the Bible, but this person was incredibly encouraging to me, and it was um, between my sophomore year in high school and my junior year in high school, where I really started to make the transition between uh, kind of just playing a sport because it was fun to wanting to see how far I could go in a sport. And when I met this person, it actually uh, didn't initially start in an encouraging relationship. Uh, it was more of a, I was intimidated, so intimidated that I did not... Um, join his workout program for the uh, football team at West Albany uh, initially until uh, I started realizing that that was going to be an important next step toward advancing my career. And so uh, this person, his name is Ryan Miller, and he uh, was my personal trainer uh, my junior and senior year of high school. And uh, Ryan um, pull, was able to encourage me in such a way that he pulled things out of me and asked me to do things um, that were far beyond uh, my comfort zone and far beyond um, things that I thought that I could ever do. Um, there were places that I was able to go and um, feats in the weight room and just uh, confidence kind of in life and in interactions as I went around and uh, visited different colleges and gave them my film essentially um, and interactions that I was able to have with people uh, that was um, way more bold, way more confident, and way more, uh, I think, eloquent, eloquent than uh, what I would have had before I knew him. There's a certain level of confidence that uh, Ryan instilled in me. And so um, Ryan was uh, at a point in my life where I was really trying to make decisions about what my future was going to be. Ryan was there to uh, encourage me and um, to come alongside me through as I figured that out and as I wrestled with those things and as I uh, figured out who I was. And he was there for all two years through uh, good times and bad times. And uh, he was just someone who came alongside me um, and it was just for that small portion of my life, but I can honestly say that I would not be where I am today or be doing the things that I'm doing or have the confidence to do the things that I do, um, or at least certainly not try those things if it wasn't for Ryan. So uh, as we look at Barnabas, I'm going to uh, go in. There's a couple different scriptures that I have to read. They'll be up on the screen if you didn't bring your Bible. Uh, it starts in Acts chapter 9, so if you have a Bible and you want to turn there and look at that, that would be awesome. Uh, if you have an app, you can start loading that, but it will be up on the screen as well. But I want you to think about um, people in your life who have encouraged you, maybe for uh, your whole life, maybe for a small portion of your life, or maybe um, they haven't come yet, or maybe you are currently in the position that Ryan was of encouraging uh, somebody else. But as we go through Barnabas, be thinking about how you're that for people and how the people in your life that are that for you and just kind of be thinking about uh, encouragement because we all have those experiences of being encouraged and encouraging others. So we're going to start here in Acts chapter 9. 
uh, looking at verse 26. You can follow along on the screen. Verse 26. Uh, he came to Jerusalem. So uh, when he came to Jerusalem, I should say this. Um, <laughs> before this chapter, so the first time Barnabas shows up, uh, it's actually in Acts chapter 4, and his name, the Bible tells us the first time he shows up, his name was Joseph, and it was changed to Barnabas. And Barnabas means son of encouragement. And so uh, we don't know why his name was changed. Uh, as we read these verses, I think we quickly understand that Barnabas is, exudes encouragement in every area of his life, and that was uh, quickly something that he um, was known for, and so I would imagine that's why his name was changed. But it just lets us know that his name was changed, and the first act that he does is he actually uh, sells his land and donates all of the proceeds that he received from his land to um, people in need. And so there was uh, people who were kind of giving of their money in a tithing way, and then there was people who were giving generous donations on top of that in the early church. And Barnabas, it says, sold all of his land and gave his money. So that's the first, the very first verse. And so Barnabas is, has his, his original name is Joseph, and it was changed to Barnabas because he is the son of encouragement. So this is verse 9, and the he is referring to Barnabas. When he came to Jerusalem, excuse me, this is talking about Paul. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. For they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles. He told them how Saul, which is the same as Paul, uh, or Saul eventually becomes Paul. Changing the names in the Bible is a a frequent occurrence. On his journey uh, had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him. And how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. So Saul stayed with them and moved about freely in Jerusalem, speaking boldly in the name of the Lord. So I want to, I should have spent a little bit of time on Paul, but excuse me, Saul. So Saul uh, was a king in the Bible, and he was uh, a ruler who persecuted Christians to the point of uh, actually killing them. And so uh, he, a little bit earlier in Acts, they talk about Paul's conversion story, and Paul uh, had an experience where he had a, a, a direct interaction with God, and God uh, blinded him and told him that he needed to uh, become uh, a Christian and stop persecuting him, and he did that. He followed that. He went uh, to uh, visit somebody, and when he visited them, the, he regained his sight, and that's when he started uh, professing the name of Jesus and started uh, teaching people. As you can imagine, uh, that quick of a transition when that happens in somebody, most of the Christians who were originally afraid of Saul, who was going around trying to chase him down and kill them, uh, now joining them on their team, they weren't buying that. And so uh, Barnabas comes alongside when nobody else was interested in coming alongside Paul, in this case, Saul. Eventually, his his name turns to Paul. So uh, if I say Paul, Paul and Saul today are the same thing. Um, he comes alongside Saul and vouches for him and essentially says, look, this guy's the real deal. I've seen him preach. I've seen him teach. His heart is in the right place. I am associating myself with Saul. I'm standing beside him, and uh, you guys need to kind of do the same thing. But you know, regardless of how you feel about him, this is my stance toward him. So Barnabas, who is uh, seen as somebody uh, by, by the elders in the church, seen by somebody as a leader, by somebody that they can trust, 
um, uses that pull and that weight to come alongside somebody who wasn't initially um, being well-received, understandably, because he uh, almost seemingly overnight goes from killing Christians to now advocating for Christians. And so Barnabas uses his weight to come alongside Saul and um, say, go to the elders and say, hey, look, this guy is doing a good work, and he's going to continue to do that work, and I am aligning myself with that. And not only am I aligning myself with that, I am going to uh, join him in his ministry and work alongside him, which leads us into our uh, next verse, which is Acts 11. We're going to be skipping around in Acts a little bit. Uh, This is Acts 11, verse 22. This is talking, this is going to make reference to the first church, which I'll explain in a second. So this is chapter 11, verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem. Uh, there were a bunch of conversions, and there was a new church that was happening in Antioch, and so this, that's the news that has reached Jerusalem. And so they're looking for people to help them kind of start these new churches. So news of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God, uh, the grace God had done, he was glad and encouraged, uh, encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So uh, where we get our name and uh, associating as Christians, this is where it all started. Uh, The guy, Paul, who was the persecutor of Christians, the killer of Christians, who is now... um, joining with Barnabas. Barnabas gets sent down to encourage this church, but first he goes and grabs Saul, uh, who had, because of some of uh, the angst in the uh, first Christians, uh, he actually went to a different city to kind of start his ministry so that it wasn't uh, dangerous for him or a little bit less dangerous for him. And so uh, on Barnabas's trip down, he goes and grabs Paul and brings him with him and is like, look, we're going to do this together and uh, we're going to create this ministry and this church uh, that is going to produce a lot of uh, people that are going to learn about Jesus, know about Jesus, and follow Jesus. And what's going on in this early church and why they needed an encourager like Barnabas is this early church had an interesting struggle between uh, Jews who were um, the God's chosen people before uh, Jesus came and kind of uh, throughout the old law, and um, these Jews would have uh, felt like their way was the correct way, because up until that point, it always had been, and um, they weren't fully convinced that Jesus, who has already came and died, um, they weren't convinced fully yet that he was the Messiah, and so there was a lot of Jews still trying to do uh, following God the old way, and now there are these new kind of teachers, like Paul, uh, who is now in Barnabas, who are coming down and preaching the gospel, preaching Jesus to people. And um, some of the Jews are switching and and realizing that Jesus was the Messiah and they're following. And they're also uh, not exclusively talking to the Jews, but they're also talking to the Gentiles, who would have been, um, A, not Jews, and B, not 
chosen by God uh, initially when the Jews were, and so there was a huge divide between the Jews and the Gentiles. What's awkward about the church at this point in time is that both sides are converting and starting to follow Jesus at the same time. And so there is jealousy on the Jewish side that there's this new message being preached and that it's gaining traction. The reason that Paul and Barnabas were sent down was because there's so many people switching to following Jesus that they need leadership, that they need to encourage these people and uh, to help move them forward. And the Jewish uh, kind of regime is not uh, a fan of that. The ones who are kind of still resistant to uh, converting or resistant to wanting to follow Jesus. And the Gentiles are very happy that they're now being included in this conversation and that they have an opportunity uh, to convert and be a part of this new church. And so this blending has caused strife. And so they choose the best encourager that they possibly could find in Barnabas and they send him down. And Barnabas is like, okay, I really want Saul also. And so he grabs Saul. And so they are going into this situation with this new church that's being started, trying to find leaders, trying to uh, help it stay alive and not be squashed out by uh, the Jewish movement that's uh, kind of upset, frankly, that this new church is starting. And uh, as they're getting Gentiles who have never been exposed to something like this before and don't know what's going on, they... Uh, both sides need encouragement. I guess you make the same argument for the Jews because they're learning to live and follow Jesus in a way that has never been done on this earth before. And so this uh, combining of these two people that's being led and encouraged by Barnabas and Saul is called Christians. And so that's what we are today, a combination of those two movements who have uh, gotten rid of the old law, which was Judaism, and now is following Jesus and the uh, teachings of Jesus and uh, letting him reign and rule over our life. And they chose Barnabas to lead that very first church and continue to encourage them and speak life to them so that they can continue to reproduce churches, and not just churches, but also leaders to go out and continue to spread this message. So from there, uh, the, next, the next verse is actually in chapter 15, but there are a couple things that happen. So they start their ministry there, and the the verse we just read, they said that they stayed there for a year, and then they go out and go on a route into multiple different cities doing the exact same thing, starting churches, taking people who are interested in Jesus, uh, both Jews and Gentiles, and starting more churches. So Paul and Barnabas are on this just church planting rampage, and they just go down uh, and up and around and all over where they could get by walking and uh, starting churches, spreading uh, Jesus' message to all of these people who have never heard it before, and uh, they're finding leaders, and they're um, getting these churches rolling. And so um, they're together for uh, 14 years, Paul and Barnabas, uh, where Barnabas is teaching Paul and encouraging him, and over that course of time, uh, Saul's name changes to Paul, and Paul is the writer of most of the New Testament, and so, um, so somebody who goes uh, from needing Barnabas to be vouched for to writing the majority of the New Testament that we read today is a really remarkable story, and what's more remarkable is that Barnabas was the one who kind of kicked that all off and started that, and um, 
what's cool, is, I think, for Barnabas is uh, he's probably someone who um, would be not discouraged but encouraged that the narrative started Barnabas and Saul and ended Paul and Barnabas. When certain passages in the Bible refer to uh, their pairing, they put Paul's name first before Barnabas. And most of us who grew up in the church or who are familiar with the Bible know of Paul, but in, including myself as I was doing studying kind of for talking about Barnabas, know a lot less about Barnabas. And I think Barnabas would uh, want it to be that way. Uh, and those of you who can identify with being people who are uh, more encouraging and kind of want to put people up and put them in better situations would identify that uh, maybe being a little bit behind the scenes is more where you would like to be. But um, what Barnabas was able to do with Paul through encouragement uh, to get Paul, over those 14 years to get Paul to uh, be the predominant leader right up there with Peter of the church is remarkable and a testament to what encouragement can do. And so along their journey, they also, uh, this is an interesting part of the story that I want to make sure you guys realize because it's part of Barnabas' story. During that time, Barnabas takes on somebody else. And so Paul and Barnabas have been going around planting churches. They find this guy named John Mark. And eventually, John's name becomes Mark. And it's kind of the theme of today. Uh, The name changes. But uh, he goes by John Mark. And uh, John was somebody that uh, Barnabas kind of uh, enjoyed being around, apparently, and wanted to... uh, They get sent out to another uh, place. That was kind of their thing. They would go out, plant churches come back to Antioch or Jerusalem, and then get sent out again to do it all over again. And so on one of those times when they got sent out, they took John Mark with them because uh, by Barnabas' request. And they go out and they plant churches, and then um, Paul and Barnabas get called by the Holy Spirit uh, to go somewhere else, and that was a real solidifying time for Paul uh, becoming kind of when you're called by the Holy Spirit, people uh, buy into that and um, really then start believing that uh, it's God's will, not just Barnabas's will or somebody else's. And so um, they're about to go out on another mission, and John Mark actually uh, says, I need to go back to Jerusalem, and, and he leaves them. And this, uh, between Paul and John Mark, created a strife, and uh, that was uh, something that Paul didn't appreciate. He felt abandoned, and he thought that that was um, uh, something that John Mark should not have done, is leave them on their mission. And uh, that eventually leads to this disagreement, which is Acts 15, a disagreement between Barnabas and Paul. So we'll, we'll read it, and then we'll talk about it. So this is uh, chapter 15, verses 36 through 40. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers. So they're about to go out again. So their, their whole ministry was <laughs> a ton of miles walking. Their Fitbits would have been... Uh, lit up, and, uh, and so they're about to go out again, and so Paul's talking to Barnabas and says, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach. So they're, they're about to go do like a, a victory lap or like a tour around literally every city that they planted a church just to go out and encourage them more to do greater and greater things. Um, in all the towns where we preach the word uh, of the Lord, and see how they are doing. Barnabas wanted to take John. So Barnabas is open to going, but he wants to take John with them, also called Mark, uh, with them. But Paul did not think it wise to take him because he had deserted them uh, in Polymphia. 
and had not continued with them in the work. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus, which, uh, on a side note, which was Barnabas's uh, hometown. But Paul chose Silas and left, uh, commended by the believers uh, to the grace of the Lord. Uh, he went through Syria, blah, 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 and Paul and Silas did their own thing. So they've had this huge ministry together. Barnabas has been through and through with Saul, and uh, who is now Paul, and Paul actually decides that I don't want to go with Mark and Barnabas, separates from that long 14-plus-year relationship of doing ministry and says, I'm going to invest into this new guy. And we don't, uh, that, that's kind of, that's it. There's, there's uh, one more verse that, I will, that I'll end with that we'll read that talks about um, John Mark again, but that's kind of it for Barnabas in the Bible. And he goes and apparently wanted to uh, encourage and inspire and move on to invest in this new leader who Barnabas saw as a leader in the church and uh, wanted to do this over again. So he did not continue to climb the ladder with Paul, but instead um, took on a whole new task uh, after 14 years of investing and encouraging in somebody else. And that's kind of all the Bible tells us about Barnabas. And so today, as we think about encouragement and we think about those people who encourage us, I would encourage you to uh, kind of identify who has played that Barnabas role in your life, who has come alongside you, maybe for a season like Ryan was for me, uh, or maybe for um, your whole life, which for me is only 26 years, but for uh, people like my parents who have been in my life and who have encouraged me and continue to do that today, thinking for yourself about who is that person to me, and who is it that encourages me and comes alongside me um, through the really good times uh, for Paul and Barnabas planting churches and seeing new people come to follow Jesus and come to know Jesus. And through the hard times, they actually, uh, because of that persecution with the Jews, they hung in there. Uh, they were thrown in jail. They were beaten. They were tortured. Uh, at one point, Paul was actually stoned uh, and survived that, uh, which, is a, which is just a horrible, horrible, uh, yeah, you don't want to be stoned. Uh, both in the cultural sense uh, today and the uh, and to have massive rocks thrown at you. But I would I don't just want you to think about who encourages you. I I think what's fun about starting this series with the encourager is the Barnabases are easy to find in our life because uh, you just have to look behind you and they're right there like pushing you forward and they're quick to encourage you, not just when things are going well, but when things are really tough as well. But the other part that I want you to look at too is who are you a Barnabas for? Where in your life do you have pull, uh, weight, um, kind of good standing with people to where you can leverage that to help people who are uh, learning? Uh, maybe it's your craft at work. Maybe it's a, a fellow classmate uh, at school or maybe it's your kids, um, maybe it's uh, your parents, maybe it's people who you've told about Jesus that you're teaching to uh, go forward in the faith and that you're growing in their spiritual maturity. Whatever it is, where do you have weight and standing that you can leverage that to help somebody else's um, experience or um, time move forward and move um, to greater heights than uh, what they 
could have ever thought. I know that there have been a ton of people who have done that for me, and um, being able to reminisce on that and identify those people in my life has helped me be able to identify areas in my life that I'm able to plug in and be that for somebody else. The term is giving back. Um, they talk about, well, so many people did this for me that now I want to give back. And I think that that's great, and I think uh, there's lots of ways to give back, but then I think there are um, harder ways uh, to give back, or maybe not to give back, but to start something. Um, harder ways where, like with Barnabas, when everybody is ganging up against Paul, you're the one that takes a step out of the comfort zone and is like, no, I'm going to stand next to this person because I believe in them and because what I bring to the table will help them advance forward. And so as we go through this series and particularly as we go through today, this isn't about how can I be encouraged more. And it definitely is partially about that. But it's also about how can I encourage others. And if you're struggling finding who's encouraging you, figure out how you're encouraging others and vice versa. And I think um, that as um, you're intentional about realizing where you're being encouraged, I think your life becomes a lot better. Because I would say some people, it, it's hard for me to, to step into their shoes and, and think this way, but I think there are people who um, would say I'm not being encouraged or nobody has encouraged me. And I'm, I'm not sure that you would be able to continue living or that you would be... Uh, alive. Like, I think you'd physically die if there were people around, there weren't people around you who are encouraging you. So I would just push back on that and say, look harder. Like, really look into your lives this week and figure out uh, if you're in a season where it's just like, man, nothing's going right for me, or everything is really hard, um, figure out who's around you and uh, who's encouraging you, and ask those people to, like, honestly, this, this is kind of a challenge this week, ask them, what do you see in me? What, what do you, because I tell you, the Barnabases in your life are the first people to know exactly what it is that they're encouraging you for and what they're encouraging you towards. And so if you're looking at your life, what am I worth? What, uh, what do I bring to the table? What am I good at? Your Barnabases will be the first ones to know in your life exactly what that is. And so I would identify them, reach out to them, and ask them. And on the flip side, if there's somebody that you know in your life who's struggling, who is going through a rough season and you have words for them, don't be happy and keep those words to yourself. I would encourage you to actually tell them what they're good at, what you see in them, and those people that you're encouraging, make an effort this week to actually pour into them. So to remind you of that this week, uh, the band is going to come up on the stage and we're going to continue to worship together. And as they play, I actually have two buckets up here. This side over here has matches in it and this side over here has these little tea light candles. And this is uh, a really cheesy example, but this will very much help you this week if you're struggling with encouraging somebody or being encouraged. If you need encouragement this week while the band is playing, I would encourage you to walk up here and grab out of this basket a tea light candle and put it somewhere where you're going to remember this week to look for the people who are lighting your candle and who are impacting you to continue to move forward in your life and to what you're called to do. And if you realize, wow, my life is going really well, or wow, there's a lot of people that God has entrusted to me to encourage, 
I would encourage, but I'm not doing that, or maybe I uh, need to find people to encourage, I would encourage you to come up and grab out of this basket uh, matches, which, um, and this week, I don't know how many matches are in here, but see if you can get rid of every match in here by just encouraging people, whether that's sending them a text, whether that's actually having a conversation with them. But I would encourage you guys to, like, actually come up here and grab these and focus this week on encouragement, both being encouraged and encouraging others, and see how your life improves because of that. I'll end by saying this. Uh, the uh, French word for uh, encouragement, the, the, one of the words in there, or the, what makes up the word encouragement, my wife took French, actually, uh, and she tried to t teach me how to say this this morning, but it's like, core? And it means heart. And so encouragement is actually putting heart into somebody. So this week, I would encourage you to get your heart placed into you by somebody and reciprocate that by putting heart into somebody else and be a Barnabas for somebody this week. So I'm going to pray for us. If we could stand together while we pray. Then while we continue to worship, if you guys want to come up and grab a candle or a matchbook, that would be great. Jesus, uh, we, we thank you for the different people that you place in our life, and we thank you um, for the Barnabases particularly, God, uh, that when um, it, it feels like nobody is going to come beside us and uh, when nobody is um, with us, God, we thank you for the people in our lives that you've placed that remind us that we are something, that we're worth something, and that we have something to do here on this earth. And we also thank you for the ability to use our words and our platform to advance people's careers, uh, their purposes, and their life so far just through simple words of encouragement. And we ask this week, God, that more than any week maybe before, that you would just make it so evidently clear to us where those relationships are, both the people encouraging us and the people that we can encourage. And we ask that you would give us the boldness to uh, receive encouragement and to give encouragement. Be with us this week and allow um, many things outside of the tea light candles and the matches to remind us of our Barnabases this week. We ask that you would continue to work in our lives as we respond to you through singing right now. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Come up and grab the camera.